Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and today I sit down with fellow American abroad, Jenny. Jenny came over to Germany without any knowledge of German, so she signed herself up for intensive German language courses, which she was able to do under a language course visa. She was able to stay up to a full year on that visa, and she talks us through how she got to that point what she had to do, what she had to bring with her to the immigration office, everything from insurance to registration of your address to passport photos to how much money you need to have in a bank account and what kind of bank account in order to do this. But she also talks us through what it was like, what it was like sitting down in a class with a bunch of people from all over the world with no shared language other than the one that they were all trying to learn. Um, I found that super fascinating. It was really cool to hear her story. And you know what? It's a success story because after this year, she went from not having any German to having enough German to get a job in a local, very popular restaurant. So it was really cool to hear. And I mentioned in the beginning, Jenny is the first friend I made here in Freiburg. Um, So I'm really excited to introduce you guys to her. She'll definitely be back on the podcast again. So let's go ahead and uh, meet Jenny. Yeah, my name is Jenny Crane. Uh, I come from San Francisco, California, and I've been living in Freiburg now for about a year and a half in and, Freiburg, Germany. And and Jenny has the, the great honor of being the first friend that I made here in Freiburg. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yay so, for Facebook. Yeah, that's what Facebook I was going to say. stalking. <laughs> I don't know if I got too much credit for it because it was fully because of the internet. <laughs> So we're both part of a Facebook group that's um, fairly popular, I think, in Freiburg called the Freiburg English Club, where uh, different English speakers, I guess, just join this Facebook group to exchange information or get to know each other. Stalk each other, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Complain about German things. Yeah. (laughs) What I wanted to talk with Jenny about today is what brought her to Germany the... Well... What brought her to Germany might be something different. (laughs) What she did her first time here in Germany. So, okay, first question. What brought you here? So, my boyfriend is a Freiburger. And so, yeah, when we met, um, this was basically the only option if I was to stay with him. I was in a place in my life in San Francisco that I was able to just pick up and move, surprisingly. And that ended up being the decision to pick up, for me to pick up and move to Freiburg. Um, Now it became, how are we going to make this a long-term relationship and have me stay in Freiburg? Because as any American knows, you get 90 days in your visa to just go anywhere in the European Union and that's in a rolling like six months and that is a good amount of time but I wanted to not have to fly back and forth all the time and I was trying to look to see how can I get to Germany and stay for a year or two what do I need to do what are my options and you know this was a guy I just met and (laughs) while we were you know quite a quite a gamble exactly (laughs) so while we knew you know well we want to try this relationship and we want to be serious in in that aspect uh, there was none of that like oh let's get married you know green card marriage or you know (laughs) something you hear about that in the states all the time and that, that just was not going to be discussed in in this so I needed to find an option that would get me to stay in Germany long term 
but have nothing to do with getting married. So what did uh, what was your alternative? So my alternative was to take a German language course in Germany. And as an American, you can get a one year long visa to do that. You have to be in school for 20 hours a week. And you can take that with a variety of different places are set up to have those sort of classes that will satisfy the Spachschule visa. And so I found what in Freiburg would be, I would kind of sort of make the equivalency with a like a junior college or like a continuation college. It's what's called Volkschule Freiburg. And that was, for me, it was just the most affordable classes. Um, the classes there cost at this time, um, this was in 2016, um, they cost 636 euros for a three-month course. So you were spending 636 euros three months and you did that three times in for the year how how many school hours or you know how often were you going you would go to school 20 hours a week which um they had worked it out to three and a half hours a day i would go to school from nine it was 9 a.m yeah 9 a.m with a half an hour break until 12 30 is when we would get let out so it was like three three and a half hours a day time commitment yeah there's also afternoon classes that you can take which would be i think there were 2 30 to somewhere around five in the evening and you could do both theoretically no um because you're only going to be taking one level at a time gotcha yeah so it's not like you could take so it's set up um abc and then it's a1 a2, B1, B2, and C1, and C2 for all German levels. And you can't take A1 and A2 at the same time. Gotcha. You'll need to take A1 all the way through, then move on to A2, and then B1 and B2, and so forth. Right. So um, I had signed up for A1 because I that's the basic level. The one thing with the, the Volkshochschule in Freiburg is that because it is open to anybody and it's the most affordable because the other classes I was looking at in schools would be like a thousand dollars for three months or more than that 1200 euros and this school is where people go when um there was like refugees there i was taking the oh, class yeah. with people i i mean i don't know their exact background but we had people in my class from syria and from afghanistan from mm-hmm. pakistan um and this pe- is one year after the major the major influx of uh, of refugees, refugees here yeah. yeah and it was still continuing in 2016 just not to that same high extent but yeah so, so yes. i would imagine it's quite a mixture of people and this is a school so i was taking just um this what's called an intensive language mm-hmm. course, which satisfies the Sprachschule visa. Okay. But this school also offers what's called integration courses. And integration is where you learn the language, but you also learn there's like a history and country um, integration aspect. Oh, cool. And those people that were refugees had to take that specifically for hmm. their, because, you know, they're considered they're going to live here for the rest of their lives. Sure. Whereas someone like me was just... I'm here to see if Germany's, you know, what it is, but also just to learn the language. I mean, there's people that come in just as tourists for a year to learn this. Yeah. um, That's how I got started with that. There were people in my class from France, Italy, uh, Russia, um, 
we had a guy from Vietnam, um, a woman from Chile. I mean, they were all over. That's so cool. Cause I've never experienced it when you, you literally can't switch out of the language that you're trying to learn. I've always wondered how that is. Like- um, that's what I, I think some people found frustrating about the class. But for me, I would find so great about the class yeah. is that there is no common language. I mean, yeah, um, certainly more people spoke a little bit of English, mm-hmm. but I was pretty much the only one most of the time that I would say that's the native language for me. Wow. And so we just had to default to German. So it is very, as they say, it's an intensive course. And yeah. The teachers only speak German. That's really cool. <laughs> it, it is cool. It is. It was also some of the most frustrating trying times, you know, being somebody who I was almost 30 years old at this point. And just being like, man, I had a life. I had people who think I'm intelligent. Mm -hmm. I have a career. I have expressions. I have political opinions. I have all of these things. And suddenly being in an area where you simply seem like less of a human because no one can understand you. It it is such a... An, um, an incredible experience, but also incredibly frustrating experience. Oh my God, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would, in retrospect, call it helpful in the moment, call it frustrating <laughs> as hell. Oh my gosh. I, but I would imagine as you get up in the levels, it gets more comfortable. Well, okay, so my sweetest experience with this class was that um there was this girl from bosnia in the first class with me actually i took so i took three classes in a year's time and she also took all those three classes with me and we met in the first class and sat next to each other and would smile at each other awkwardly and just (laughs) knew that like we wanted to be friends but couldn't because i didn't speak bosnia she didn't really speak much english and we were both at the beginning of german sure and um there were just times that I knew that she wanted to like, you know, complain about her boyfriend to me or things. And I just, <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't be that girlfriend there for her just yet. And what was so sweet is by our second class, she and I were coming in and, and at this point I was then having, being able to talk about my boyfriend and she talked about her guy and we would have these little girl chats in German. Oh, that's so cool. And that was by my second, by the A2 level wow. being there. And we'd even a couple of times after class gone out to coffee together and sat there for a good hour and a half talking. And there was a guy in the last class I was in, the last two classes is from Vietnam and again he had no grasp of English at all mm-hmm. and I would sit next to him his he was so good with German grammar like just incredibly good and he was um working as a au pair or so he was taking care yeah. of German kids and you know his German actually you know I I think as an as a native English speaker I have the worst time learning German because enough Germans also know English yes and so when they they see that I don't speak it very well I still don't speak it that great they just default to English with me and the thing is the the guy um Tan from from Vietnam he no one in Germany really speaks Vietnamese yeah. <laughs> so he just could go just flow wow. in German in just a few few you know class a few months because mm-hmm. he had to and um and sit next to the guy who knows that, grammar that's that's great advice <laughs> that's, I was I've, I've sort of wondered you know if is not learn is not knowing English an advantage 
to moving to Germany because it is so... They have been teaching English in schools for at least a generation. Yeah. And so you're not going to... It's very rare to meet someone who will not be able to understand you. Whether or not they'll respond in English is is another story, but most of the time they can understand a basic conversation. And um, especially when when you're new and you're trying to find comfort and you're trying to find... latch onto something that will kind of give you the emotional support to get through this process it's so easy to just talk english (laughs) i will say that is that being a native english speaker you can be lazy Mm -hmm. and and for sure that these uh, that people who do not have english as um either a mother tongue or you know have know it really at all Mm -hmm. um that i would say it it could be possibly easier for them to learn german i think we have some advantages in our similarities in our languages yeah, that's what i was gonna say and also in like writing the, um, it we already know the alphabet that's not a problem yeah, that's huge the pronoun per, you know pronunciation of words um you know it can it change or it can be frustrating because it can literally be written the exact same way in english yeah and it's pronounced differently <laughs> and so it can be little frustrations like that but overall you know, you can learn how to write it mm-hmm. and read it and pronounce it pretty easily. But, um, but yeah, in terms of actually the day to day being forced to speak a uh, yeah yeah, and I think I mean I think culturally the sort of cultural and emotional adjustment it must be mentioned is probably easier for anyone English speaking or especially um, from an English speaking country. Not all, but many. You know, like. Australia, England, America, these are all represented fairly often in cinema and music and stuff like that. So it's not like you're going months without seeing anything from your culture. And that's that's huge. I, I think about that a lot with people who are from other countries and moved here either by force or by choice and they don't get they don't get to see themselves anywhere. So I know that we have a huge advantage by being from these cultures that are the, the the dominating force of right. media basically right. but it does make it harder when you're trying to push your way through a conversation with a restaurant you know with like a, a host or a waitress and they immediately understand your accent and switch right over and you're like okay cool fine <laughs> well i won't learn anything today <laughs> yep yep you're like it's great but i'll have the right table and i'll order the right food <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so what was once you decided to do that, how was the visa stuff? So the visa situation, I think, is it's the most frustrating um, because it's not um, there just isn't information out there on really how to do it. There mm-hmm. is some for sure. I mean, I looked at websites before I came out here. I tried to do my own research. But then once you're in the actual process, it goes completely differently than how you expected. Yeah. And it, even a year or two difference in the publication of that information to today could be a huge difference in the policy. Absolutely. And a lot of it's in German. Yeah. (laughs) And it became just, you know, people say, prepare yourself for like a a treasure hunt. Um, You know, in terms of how many things you're going to have to track down Mm -hmm. and bring into various different offices, um, scavenger hunt, running around Freiburg. A a very detail oriented scavenger hunt where if you use black ink instead of blue ink, you are (laughs) shit out of luck. (laughs) And everything's going to be printed out on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, what happened with me, so um, my situation you know, and then this goes just goes to me personally, which is going to be different for anybody else, is that 
I was living with my boyfriend in Freiburg, um, but my address was registered as being in his hometown. And his hometown was closer to Offenburg, which is another the next big city. And so it turned out that I was then going to have to deal with all of my visa issues through the Offenburg office and not the Freiburg office because huh. I didn't register at his apartment because he was worried about letting his landlord know that I moved it. There was all these things and right. we weren't really serious. It wasn't like I was going to get put on the lease. And sure. so his lovely parents helped me out because his parents own their home so they can say whoever lives with them, whatever. That's great. So we had that benefit in that, um, you know, they just said that I lived with them because it doesn't matter, but it then required me having to go to this new office and, so I had to have, just for this Brachschule, and I was told by the Freiburg office, so I know the information for both the Freiburg and the Offenburg office, was that I had to have a German bank account, which you can only get through the Deutsche Bank. They offer this account called a blocked account, and it's for students. And I thought you only had to have this if you were like a university student right. attending, you know, not just a Sprachschule, but yeah, yeah. attending an but actual... degree-seeking... Exactly, like bachelor's degree, master's, whatever, you're going sure. to Freiburg University. No, you have to have this regardless. They wanted this... It's um, a bank account through Deutsche Bank that they offer, and it's called a blocked account in English. I don't know what they called in German, but um, luckily everybody at Deutsche Bank spoke good German or English. They yeah. knew what to do with me. <laughs> um, but you open this blocked student account, which you have to put in 8,040 euros. Wow. The weirdest number, 8,040. <laughs> very German in that it is extremely yeah. specific. <laughs> you, and then this is in 2016. So you have to put in 8,040 euros. And then basically every month you are allowed to take out around 600 and so you couldn't go over that. Huh. Um, and you're be, you're supposed to be able to pay your rent and living expenses off of that, but not drain your account like as as a young student might be prone huh. to do. Um, so I guess it's nice and it's considerate. It's controlling. In a way. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little <laughs> bit overreaching. Um, so I had to open one of those accounts. Um, I also had to have insurance, and everybody that's here has to have a private ins. Well. If you're an Auslander, if you're from an immigrant, expat, whatever, you have to have an insurance. And I got this insurance that was specifically for expats. And there's there are ones specifically geared towards students mm -hmm. uh, because of my advanced age. Um, <laughs> Is that what they called it? <laughs> so because I was pushing 30 and I was mm -hmm. turning 30 this year, that year that all this um, that I was taking this class it meant that I couldn't get the cheap student insurance because it only Oof. goes up to year 29 rude yeah so as a 30 year old adult um, I had to then have a, an insurance that cost me about 60 euros a month and it was through a company that would allow people to have insurance up for a year that they were here a private That's insurance perfect. and it it's not one that you can just go to any doctor you have to go specifically and it's only for like an emergency situation so it doesn't cover all the same that mm -hmm. you would get through an employer but um it wasn't so bad it was you know an, i could afford you know i could swing it to do this 60 euros a month and it checked off and it a checked off that, box that, that you needed that was the biggest thing so i needed the bank account and the insurance and then um 
the last thing I needed was to be registered at an as an at an address, mm-hmm. and that was with his parents' house. Okay. So those were the th- oh, and then the school, of course, the school registration, right? Naturally. To show you're taking this class. To show that I'm taking the classes. The school. So my problem that I had with the school, or my experience with the school, was that you could only sign up for the classes um, the for the three month class one at a time. So I wasn't signed up for all three classes. I knew that it was my goal to take all of them. Mm -hmm. But I was signed up for the first class. And then about two months into that class is when you could sign up for the next one. And each time I signed up for a new class, I had to go back to the visa office and extend my visa. Oh, geez. So I did not get a visa for a whole year at the first meeting. That's annoying. Yeah. So that... That I could see would be a problem if somebody came in and had the same situation that I did. Mm-hmm. You sign up for that first class, you ditch, then you try to go back and get a longer visa extension, you're going to have problems. Right. Yeah. And how much did the visa cost? So that was the other thing. Every every three months, it cost me 80 euros Ugh. because I had to get this special. Um, they printed me a card. It was an ID card that had my picture. I had to take a picture for it. Um, I had to give them copies of that. They would send me a new one. So now I had a friend that took the class. At, well, I made friends with her at the class and she... Um, had a similar situation to mine where she was an American passport holder, um, had moved to Germany with a boyfriend, so not being married, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. So basically the same background, same situation. Now, her her boyfriend had actually gone to the um, immigration office with her. I, I was doing, I was forced to do, unfortunately, a lot of this alone because my boyfriend was working during the times that they were open. So I'd have to go in there on my own. Sure. But anyway, she went in with her boyfriend and he um, would talk to the people and say, okay, she's taking this class. She's going to be there for a year at the Volkshochschule Freiburg. She's taking a Sprachschule. And they actually gave her her visa for a complete year. What? So she only had to go one time and got it all done. And and even though she didn't have the registration from the school, mm-hmm. all she had... Wait, she didn't even have that? No, she just said that she gave them the scheduled the calendar that was in like the brochure for the school yeah and said these are the classes i will be taking and gave her you know her word that she was going sure. to sign up for and take these classes and that was her intent of staying in germany wow. and just by showing that intent and the schedule they gave her a year-long visa wow. and she had her card for an exact year and got to take all the classes never had to go back you know until the end of that did she have to pay and then just the one she just paid the one time the oh. 80 euros yeah so then me and this is what frustrated me so bad learning her story yeah comparing it to what i went through mm-hmm. and that when i went in i had to have my class registration card and they only give it to you for the three months and then having to go back every three months to extend your visa yeah and then you know the people at the immigration office you know they act like oh it's no problem just come back in three months yes just come back again in three <laughs> months we'll, we'll renew it for you like they're so nice they are nice about it you know they're like we will totally renew this for you it's not a question of are you gonna have to leave it's just they don't realize i guess they seem to be slightly out of the as it is to go (laughs) and like oh yeah sure i'm going to take the it's an hour-long train ride for me up to offenburg Mm -hmm. and um 
wait in line for three hours yep. and just do this whole charade. Oh, and each time spend 80 euros because you have to pay this 80 euros processing fee for the new card mm-hmm. that you get with your picture. Jeez. And <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, I think the whole thing about the 8,000 euros is a little bit like, oof, like, you know, you would think that you would hope that anyone could just come and take a course. If take they just a structure. Do, yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> to have to have that much money, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that um, at the time that I was moving over to Germany because I'd just finished up paying for a master's degree in America. Oh, I know. And it's not very common that people have that amount of money saved up. Well, at, and you know, you got to think about euros to dollars. It was about 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. no, I mean, I'm very fortunate that that was my abilities at that time. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I could never do it again. I don't think I could ever. You know, yeah. that's a lot. That's a you huge have to chunk go of back money. and work back to America and work for it's years. A huge to save that chunk up of again. money to transfer, and the fact that you know, I had bank accounts. I had set up myself before ever going traveling to have access to my money in America with the minimal amount of fees to no fees whatsoever. I had an international debit card where I can pull from anywhere and, you know, they give me a good deal on the, the, um, transfer costs and they don't charge ATM fees and all this stuff. Um, so, I had set that up and I was showing, I I had my bank statements to show the German immigration office that I can support myself. I have access to my money Yeah, and it's not going to be a problem. But the fact that it needed to be a German bank account, that was completely news to me. Yeah. I just thought I had to show I could support myself. Right. And uh, people say, um, I have heard that you can do this if, like, for instance, if my boyfriend or his family had maybe written a letter that said we're going to pay for her right. and everything, um, maybe we could have gone around it that way. Yeah. Um, that if you have somebody who sort of vouched for you, mm-hmm. um, that they're paying for you. Um, a, a classmate of mine said her uncle, who is living in Germany, she was from Russia. Okay. And her uncle, um, who had his German citizenship, uh, had said that, I'm supporting my niece fully. Yeah. And therefore she didn't have to have the same kind of money that I had to show. Right. So there are ways around it. I find it very surprising how much they they want you to have too because I mean I live on very little money when I need to. Like Oh, uh, there was uh, <laughs> Well, there was okay, the good news, folks, is that that 600 euro limit was for me was never reached in yeah. Freiburg. On the other hand, you know, coming from the highest cost of living city in America, San Francisco has taken that crown from New York for the last <laughs> like three or four years now. Um, but coming from that and being like, okay, so I can only take out 600 euros a month and actually never once going to the bank and having my card say, no, sorry, you can't have any more. Like yeah. I, I wasn't even reaching that. So that is a a positive about being here for sure the cost of living is is amazingly better than from where i'm from but um but yeah the fact that i had to transfer it all and it be stuck in a german bank right and not being able to just support myself with you know wire transfers here and there from back home that was the thing too i guess if you at the end of the year had decided to move back permanently and wanted that money back you'd have to again transfer the money again deal with the conversion again and the yeah. fees again and, and you lose be... some there's fees you learn you lose um for each time you do something like that sure just transferring it cost me 50 bucks from home yeah so, yeah um yeah <laughs> which if you have to do it repeatedly it adds up and especially if you're a lot of people 
or at least you and I, and I think some some people in our age bracket who are moving abroad um, aren't in a position where 50 bucks is a is a shrug. No. You know, that's that's money that <laughs> well, you can run off of for a while if you're running on less than 600 a month. You know, that's that's a per- significant percentage of of that. No, that that whole that whole year and actually to my life right now has become that I I'm watching everything. Yeah, and you just do that when you're going through these transitions. I think in life in general, um, that you you literally have to watch every last cent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I work anyway. But me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So how was it? So you only had classes in the morning. So in terms of lifestyle, you know, how was that? You had your whole afternoons free. Was that nice or was that like too much? Well, so it, it was a benefit for for me. I think. I mean, so this was the first year in my life that I had free time since I was like 17 or 18 years old. I've worked a full-time job. I mean, I back even in America, I was only ever going to school part-time and working full-time. So I wasn't allowed to work. That was part of the visas that you couldn't work on a SPRAC course visa. You could not get a job in in my situation. So I knew um, I just had to live off of what I had and um, be in school and then you know the whole point of this was to see how it would be like to live with my boyfriend and live in a new country so there was a lot of me being out exploring as soon as school was done he still was working for several hours so just having my afternoons free um that was nice to explore freiburg um even sometimes just to go home and watch german daytime television oh yeah <laughs> you know oh, german yes. soap operas are a thing <laughs> Um, you know, it was it was enjoyable. It was kind of a cool time. And it was Monday through Friday. So I always had the weekends off. That's and, great. You know, it became a regular schedule. It was something I had to get up for in the mornings and go and really show up. And, you know, you can only miss a certain amount of days before you're technically not going to school anymore. So it keeps you on your toes for that. In terms of those somebody thinking that they would be able to do this and travel a whole lot, um, they'd be kidding themselves because of the time commitment. Sure. And yeah, sure, you can go away every weekend. You can take off on Friday and have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can see a lot in Germany if you do that. You will have to pay for it. Yeah. And for me, that just wasn't possible. Um, but I could see that somebody could be here comfortably and travel on the weekends. And if they had a lot more money, it would be a comfortable, easy way to see the country. Sure. Um, in that sense. But that for me would just take too much planning. And the reason I was here was to really see more if I could live in Freiburg with my boyfriend and see how that was all going to work out. Yeah. So it's more about the day to day, the, the all tug that the Germans the love all to talks, talk about. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. The day, the day to day life. And it was great because I mean, for the first time, it was almost enjoying being a homemaker in a sense. Yeah. In that I would, I would get off of school. We have, Freiburg has the fabulous farmer's market and, you know, I I would just go there and buy food, go to the grocery stores, buy food and go home and have enough time to cook meal. And by the time he's home from work, I've got dinner ready. Right. That's so nice. You know, he gets really, they get really comfortable with that and it's great. And for me, I was enjoying that up to an, you know, to a point. Sure. Yeah. It's not, it's not a forever. No. Um, situation but <laughs> for for a period of time it's fun as as a student you know and yeah and, and it's fun culture. too to learn to cook and and keep house somewhere new because i think that's another huge area of difference i mean you can't have taco night here you can't just go <laughs> to the store and buy some tortillas or taco shells and do that you know a lot of the meals that i would fall back on not to say i had 
taco night all the time in America, but a lot of the things I was used to in my standard kitchen cooking repertoire were not available. They don't exist. Yeah, and a lot of cleaning supplies or ideas I had about, I don't know, laundry. All of these little things are very different. So to be able to take the time to learn how to sort of translate those skills too and and, and learn how to do that here I think that's no small thing, especially if you're looking at it more in terms of cultural immersion and, and more of a long-term transition rather than a like a quick visit. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, yeah, it's exactly what all of this school and visa hell was for. In a way. <laughs> I mean, the school, don't, the school was amazingly enjoyable. I had great teachers and I would recommend to anybody in Freiburg to go to the Volkshochschule over anything. I mean, um, you'll look online and I had Googled online and actually read things about Volkshochschule. And there is a guy that written a blog, his wife's German, he moved here and he had to do the courses. And he said, don't go to the Volkshochschule unless you want to waste all your money. And like, you're just going to be there and you won't learn anything. But I think it really depends on what teachers you have. And he was in a bigger city. Um, I would assume he probably had much larger classes in Freiburg. I mean, the class, had, sure, they would start with like 20 people. But by the couple weeks in, people have lost their visas. People end up, they don't want to take the class. You know, you'd get down to around 15 people and it was not an issue at all. That's a comfortable size. A total comfortable size. People to get to know without it being overwhelming. Yeah. And the teachers that we had were were really great. And I I mean, okay, yeah, my German isn't perfect, but there's only so much you can learn in school. And for the price, for the option, I think it was totally worth it. Yeah, and to go from nothing or very, very little to what did you end up with? You've completed B1? Yeah, so I've completed what's called the Grundschule. Um, so I've done just the basics. And then basically this is where they hammer you on all the grammatic stuff um you learn to expand your vocabulary um you learn a few basic communication skills in terms of like how to write a professional letter and email oh how to apply for a job things like that helpful. um it's Good very stuff. helpful for somebody like me who has a personal connection with the country when you fall in love with somebody that is german and you want to see how can i make this work um then if you have this option if you have the money saved up or mm-hmm. if you have somebody that can support you if your German can support you, whoever. Um, <laughs> your, your friendly neighborhood German. This is definitely an option. It gets you, it buys you a year and you're going to need it anyway. I think that's a great uh, rundown of like the pros and cons of this kind of a course. Because I know you can take, within those three months that you can get your visa or that you don't need a visa, mm-hmm. you can do intensive courses, but um, but they're sort of vacation still. Yeah. You know, this was not... I tell you, three months goes by really fast. So yeah, anybody that thinks they can come here and fully learn what they would be getting into for their life, learn their new partner, for instance, no, you have no idea after three months. Not at all. (laughs) That's that's a very nice extended vacation. And in fact, (laughs) I can speak more to this another time, but I I did pretty much exactly that. I came just for those 90 days um, to be with my German partner. I didn't take classes. I didn't work. I was basically staying in this basement and this house where they had five cats and I was there. I took a lot of baths. I went on a lot of runs. But yeah, it was not a, um, it was not an authentic representation of what life here would be like. And, you know, I left feeling very enamored, enamored with that experience, but also left feeling very much like uh, I need more. I need to figure out what it's going to be. So something like your, your sort of almost like a gap year 
to learn and situate, I think is, is great. So that is a lot of awesome information about the Sprachschule route uh, to moving to Germany. Um, I want to wrap things up with zack, zack, zack. I have three questions for you. You do not have time to think about your answer. You have to tell me the first thing that comes across your mind. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it afterwards. I'm going to start off with some curveballs for this first one. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, favorite German food? Pretzels. Food you miss most about home? Burritos. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and favorite German word? Doch. Good choice. And doch means doch. Oh, doch is the most okay. It's it's my like both my favorite word and like my most hated word because it means like a million things. That's why I find so funny about doch is it's in a situation. It's like, but it often means like no, but like mm -hmm. it's a how, how do they say it? it's like a, a comeback or and somebody says oh no I I oh you don't really like chocolate ice cream doch. Yeah, no, dog. I, I, no, but I really do. Like my, like my most proudest moments in speaking German are basically when I get doch right. Like yes. when, <laughs> when there's a moment that I say it and it works because mm -hmm. you know when you say it and it just doesn't work. Yeah, but, yeah. So like the, the successful deployment of a doch, I feel like, is your first it, step into this, this exactly. strange but wonderful country. <laughs> So on that note, we will wrap up this episode. All right. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you, listeners. There you have it. I want to go ahead and thank Jenny for being our guest. She was, in fact, our first guest. This was the very first episode we recorded. So thanks for being brave enough to be the first one in the hot seat. And I also want to thank Jenny for being my friend. I think all expats can agree that the first time you make a friend in your new country really is a huge step towards making it feel like home. So thank you for that. I also want to thank Gordon Eisenach, the producer of the Expat Cast. You can check out his podcast, Cosmo Public Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. I want to thank Side Hug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. And thank you, Amy Lungi Art, for the logo. Please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Expat Cast. The next episode is all things teaching English abroad. So I sit down with an expert on teaching English as a foreign language in Germany, how to go from a freelancer all the way to an established teacher. I'm excited to share that one with you, but until then, Palazzo out.